The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the original authors and other contributors. Hey, that's us. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Lot Hype, the Lot Hype staff, and or any contributors to this podcast. Additionally, the views expressed herein do not necessarily represent Drum Corps International, any individual member corps, or any other organization. Let's be honest, they certainly don't. So grab a beer and a shot, take a seat, and let's start the show. Maybe we shouldn't air that. What are you going to come teach these fuckers with the helmets out and scream? They're old beer 30. Beer 30? Yeah. Where did that... Who- thought of that was it just like jimmy buffett no 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 no. he was like he was way more into margaritas and ice and salt on the huge chunks of salt on the glass that margaritaville the worst milton i've ever heard you know what <laughs> like not it's to, really not to it's shit really you, weird but i'm a, I'm a shit <laughs> i believe you have a deep excuse me it's really weird when you see that actor in other shit. Yeah, Steven Root, he's fantastic. Not being yeah, fucking like insane. It is so weird. You're like, he looks familiar. You oh, was, my God. Uh, you know who was really weird to see in a movie? Alan Tudyk in Dodgeball. He's fucking Steve the Pirate. Scurvy. Fucking Wash from Firefly was in Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. How great is life that we live at a time where Wash was in a fucking movie about Dodgeball? He was also an insanely creepy uh, sex offender in CSI. What? Oh my God, I remember that one. He was in an episode of CSI and it was just so like, oh God, I got to turn the TV off. It was was really bad. And and, uh, Jason Bateman in Juno as the fucking (laughs) creepy dad who like tries to hit on Juno. Yeah, that shit is weird. Oh, uh, fucking the dude who plays Mike Ehrmantraut in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, he was on an episode of CSI. He oh, was, shit. Uh, Lots of guys got their, their their start on CSI, it seems. The fucking Mythbusters were on CSI. <laughs> I remember True. Penn and Teller were on episodes of The West Wing. Yeah, they wrote that bit, and people keep walking up to them and saying, it was awfully nice of The West Wing to let you use that in your show. <laughs> Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Lawrence O'Donnell Jr. Wow. Who the fuck is Lawrence O'Donnell Jr.? It's like Chris O'Donnell's um, dumb brother. No. Less no. successful cousin. Uh, what the fuck happened to Chris O'Donnell? I don't O'Donnell, know. Honestly, you say less successful cousin, but honestly, he's what like, has Chris O'Donnell done since that uh, fucking vertical limit? No, he's still doing NCIS LA with LL Cool J. <laughs> Dead fucking serious. Oh, hell, my head is like a shark fin cool J. Man. <laughs> God, I really oh. I missed the 90s where there was like a, a terrible rap song that whatever movie a rapper was in, they would write for it. Like Men in Black. Fucking Romeo Must Die. There was definitely uh, a DMX track for that one. Wild Wild West. I mean, Will Smith made his own career. Like, as an actor, by rapping the theme songs to his movies. Like, that's a great way to double dip, you know? I'm pretty sure that shit lasted all the way up through, like, fucking iRobot or some shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he had one of the... I'm sure he had it in the can. Like, he's like, yo... He was the iRap bot. Yo, yo, it's crazy out here. We got this going on. Yo, I'll tell you, you know, dad... Oh my god, spot on, Will Smith. See, that's how you do it. You're welcome. Oh, should we start? <laughs> Let's get into it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Welcome on into Drunk Core International Podcast episode. Um, I didn't write anything down. Um, oh fuck, we did not come up with a title for this. No, wait, okay, I have oh, one of no, the... I have one on the tip of my tongue, um, but I, I'm going to expose my um, genitals. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, just the tip, just for a minute. Is recap short for recapitulate recapitulation? Yes. Okay. Can you spell that for me? Yes. R-E-C-A-P-I-T-U-L-A-T-I-O-N. 
Holy fuck. Shit. And that's uh, what $40,000 of English education gets you. <laughs> start, start, from, start from the first T. Rika Pitt. What the fuck kind of spelling bee is this? This is bullshit. A-T-I-O-N. Got it. All right. Episode. Bitch. Recapitulate. Oh, God damn it. The radio professional. It's the recap episode. Jesus. He had to go full morning DJ to get that one across. I kind of feel bad now. Everybody coming in at night this morning. It's the recap episode. <laughs> well, you better watch out there's a big pile up on the 15 did you hear about the tanker truck that caught fire everybody it's, a, it's uh, making a mess of things oh that sounds awful bodies burning in the lanes <laughs> holy shit coming up after after 705 we've got the talking heads with burning down the house <laughs> <Seth>. <laughs> oh god this man is a pro ladies and gentlemen god damn I say it every so this day is- it's the recap episode. We're going to recap a couple of things. Uh, the uh, rules, the DCI rule changes recaps. We'll get into that. And we're also going to recap the ginormous, um, uh, DC, not DCI, a uh, lot hype bracket challenge that went on for what was it? it was like months. When did we start that or when did they start that? That started back in like November. Oh, 1995. <laughs> that's when they started. Before Jesus. Those yeah. were born. That's when it started. Yeah, well, it finally wrapped up. We've got a couple of thoughts. November 1995, yeah. same thing. And then we've Whatever. got uh, uh, one last little thing we'll, we'll talk about at the very end of the podcast. But let's go ahead and dive into um, – this is actually the second take of this podcast. We got on Zencaster last night. And we spent probably, what, 35 minutes trying to just get started? Yeah, yeah, basically, um, it was a there while, was, uh, a hot just, minute. Uh, people dropping in and out, and moments where people could be heard, but just total madness. And thankfully, I, I think I tweeted it was thankfully it happened to Salad Bar and KG, who know more. I could safely say they probably know more about sound equipment than the rest of us do, because um, they have actual setups on their computers. <laughs> Even then, still mostly salad bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, the important thing is it's working now. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. All right. So, bef- um, I think so be- before we get in – oh, go ahead. Get, oh, I think we're, we're about to say the same thing. I think it's time to yeah. pay tribute to the namesake. I'm sorry. I stepped on that. It's okay. Please we, continue, sir. We're taking two separate cars, but we're going to get to the same destination. Before we begin, we need to raise them up. We need to have a shot. Oh, we got to have that shot. Okay. Uh, let's go around drinks. the horn. Uh, this Shots. evening, I am uh, I'm, I'm sipping with the captain because I forgot to go to the liquor store and uh, get Taka. <laughs> so uh, I had some Cat Morgan in the freezer, and uh, I'm going to power back. It's 100 proof. You know, Curious. I'm not some Ooh. fucking – yeah, I got the – I'm not some fucking high school sophomore here, okay? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I shave at least once a week. <laughs> really? Uh, Drums down oh, under. You've been you've been drinking for. You haven't stopped drinking. <laughs> we never do. Fuck no. I because I'm gonna. Sorry. Life announcement. I'm gonna be moving to <laughs> Melbourne in the next month, so I'm trying to get rid of all the liquor that's open. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why the moving to Melbourne horns. Yep. Which is why I have now like the nastiest um, Shiraz mixed with Corona burps. Oh. oh my god! And then no, I'm gonna top it off later today just to make it disgusting for Christmas. Someone gave us those a box of like these assorted chocolates that have the liqueur in them. I'm probably gonna demolish the whole thing and then puke violently. So it's going to be oh. it's gonna be nasty, but nowhere near as bad as your average alumni core message board on any given day. So fuck it. There we go. <laughs> Who is this? Where are they from? What year was this? That's fair. Oh my Christ. Oh god. Just, that needs to stop so bad. I thought like are they doing it on purpose now? It's getting... Uh, That's why I'm lightly them. I think it's just one woman with a shit ton of pictures who's posting them one by one Ooh. saying, where was this? 
and who was this? And I, I think KG has had my best response so far, which is low brass on a football field. The trumpet section. I, I, I don't think I've laughed as hard as I have like at that in a while because it was, it's like, just gotten so fucking Someone got legitimately stupid. upset. If your, alum co- if your alumni core is doing Stop. this, All right, Trump, fuck you. Well, Jolly Green corrected me on one. Because I was like, looks like the trumpet section. Looks like they're on the 40. Couldn't tell you which one. Oh, yeah. One. I uh, successfully surmised uh, which side of the field they were on because you can always tell because of the little arrows on the on the numbers. Well, oh, that's, that's a that's a yeah. life hack, kids. Look at you, Rain Man. Wow. Check, okay. Check out the big brain on what Jolly. What are you drinking, Drums on the Rocks, your last fucking supper before I come down there and shove <laughs> three and a half meaty inches? <laughs> In your face. <laughs> well, I, I posted a picture on Twitter and I, I, I reopened the bottle so that I could drink it again tonight. Uh, my my good drink is uh, Booker's. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's like a high quality Jim Beam, but it's 125.9 Booker. Booker. proof. Booker, Booker, Booker. Uh, <laughs> Booker T. Booker, Booker, <laughs> Boca, Boca, uh, uh, and uh, and my my shot is as per you, Crown Royal. All right, <laughs> because it upsets. Don't you. know why that was necessary, but fine, go fuck yourself. Hey, G, what do you got? I have a smorgasbord of booze today. <laughs> my shot is going to be this Ghost brand mm-hmm. Ghost Pepper infused tequila. Delightful. Oh, mm-hmm. And then I'll be sipping on awful. some. Where'd that bottle Scissor. go? Spayburn ten year scotch, and then I'll have a beer as well for sipping upon. And scissor from Carbach. I'm oh, scissoring. Carbach makes scissor. <laughs> what? Wait, which which beer from Carbach? Uh, big and bright. Which beer from Carbach? I don't think I've actually tried that one. And I Captain, love their Weekend Warrior, though. That's one of my favorites. I'm probably going to get a keg of that for when one of our cohorts comes down to San Antonio. Oh, I'm going to be throwing up so much and then drinking more beer, mm-hmm. and it's going to be... You can rally. Salad bar, Captain, what do you have? Uh, I have... Uh, well, sad news is I've drunk all of the beer that KG left at my house uh, last month, so all the beer is gone, so all I have is just straight-up bourbon. Oh, boy. I've got bourbon, bourbon, just like nameless, nameless fucking moonshine bourbon <laughs> with three X's on the <laughs> bottle. <laughs> yeah, you know that jug that Mississippi mud comes in? It's one of those. It's all ceramic and shit. Nice. Yeah. God, my dad and uncle used to drink Mississippi mud and then break the bottles in our backyard. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, so that's what I've got. So, gentlemen, let's 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 raise up a toast. Here we go. Hold on. Here we are. Yeah. Gears. Uh. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, you can't surprise us with this when we're taking a shot. Oh, it hurts! Oh god. Oh, it gets better right here, baby. Ghost oh, peppers are hot. Where do you find this shit? Ghost that peppers one, are hot. I, I, I will give credit where credit was due because I told them I would use it on the podcast. That one came from our only fan from Boston. Yay! That was that was their gift. So maybe we'll ship up there one day. I mean, yeah. That so we can uh, actually. Are we allowed there? Like. Oh yeah, there's gonna be just an army of uh, an army of like Murphs and Sullys and Mick and Viv. <laughs> uh, there's like Big Petey, Little Petey, like Dead Eye Petey. <laughs> my friend Sully from from South Boston, and then and then my other friend Sully, also from South Boston. <laughs> now all we yeah. gotta do is just gonna be and, endless dudes who all know each other from like back in the day. They're like, oh, how's your mother? Just. Asking about people's families who inevitably had catastrophes befall them because they live in fucking Boston. <laughs> yeah, we're probably not allowed in Boston. Anyways, let's get this going. There's a screen door that needs slamming. <laughs> wow. 
All right, so Jesus. let's get into the God first half of the podcast. Uh, we, we've covered the audio issues. We've done our shots. Uh, the DCI rules change recap. There was some uh, some changes. Um, drums on the rocks. You want to lead into this? Yeah. So before before they even before the rules proposals even got to the core directors, so they had uh, caucus sessions within the <laughs> caucus. What a <laughs> Can't can't say with a straight face. I teach children um, within like the the instructional staff designers and judges. And so it's like basically this big group of people all get together and talk about it. And that huge group votes on whether or not something goes before the core directors. So even though there were nine rules proposals that were submitted, um, a bunch of them got shot down in that instructors caucus. So uh one of them that got shot down was the one for the second brass judge to be used during larger events. Um, that was just gone. Uh, and the other ones are uh, much more interesting. Uh, the, the changing the makeup to a five judge panel barely uh, got voted down. Uh, George Hopkins, that five headed <laughs> fuck. His proposal for cores to be ranked by ordinals instead of scores. So first place, third place. One. Jesus. Got one yes vote. Was it his? It got shot down 24 to one. 24 to one. And, and here's the thing. Like they, DCI has said all these things about how it goes in front of the instructional staff and all that. But it still is one yes, 24 no votes. So I'm wondering who actually are the voting members of this instructional caucus. But I digress. Uh, I'm sure that whomever was there that was in charge of the Don't cadets you mean vote, voted yes. And everyone else told them to shove it whomst, up their ass. Yeah, whomst of ever. Whomst of ever? Whomst of ever? <laughs> yeah, the hoops of here's the one I was really disappointed in uh, the proposal that limited brass amplification uh, went shot got shot down real hard that, that 22 no votes yeah yeah which that I mean, one went down in flames I just I can't I, like why would we not want to limit that I, I don't well I went back go I, back go back to our previous episode for our for our true thoughts on brass amplification and, and stuff like that but Jesus it didn't even three yes votes three people were like hey yeah we should put a limit on this shit this that, that doesn't make sense to me oh well I went and watched like the uh, the video that damp Otter did and he was talking to uh, good old what's his name who suggested that rule and you know good old what's his name and um, he said that at least like started a conversation wherein people were like, okay, let's all agree to back the fuck off because it was loud as shit last year. So, I mean, at least that's happening. That's good. That's a good thing. Uh, I guess they just don't want to like actually put fucking limits on it. I was whatever. I say like, I was reading and or listening. I can't remember my brain's Swiss cheese. I'm old. Fuck me. Um, one of the explanations was one of the one of the people who voted against the limit said that the problem isn't so much that people are being amplified; it's a coverage issue, and that at most shows, what's happening is fans are getting blasted right in the front, and yeah. people on that are further out. Basically, if you're further out than the forty yard lines on either side, you're not getting any of the effect. And to that, I say no bullshit because here's here's the problem. He's approaching this as if it's a stage show, as if it's a Broadway show. And if you've ever been to a Broadway show, um, you understand that they have a pretty standard speaker setup. It's a fixed area. It's, you know, it's, I don't even know what the size of it is, but it's, uh, God, now I have to think in, in, in yeah. American measurements, like 50 feet across, maybe. You know what I mean? Like it's a fixed area. You can you can position your speakers so that they point yeah. to yeah. the boxes. So they sure. point to the the lower tier, the upper tier, all of that. And he was saying that what the guy was saying is that drum corps need a better coverage thing so that the sound is evenly distributed amongst all these different speakers so that everyone in the audience gets the same experience. That's not possible on a football field. You're talking about 120 yards. That's end zone to end zone. 
where you need to have speakers lined up and pointed at the exact angle so that the box gets the same sound no. as the people sitting on the 20 yard line. That's not even close to feasible for a drum corps. I mean, the expense, the logistics in the 15 minutes you have to get on and off the field. No, not possible. The best answer for it is to limit the amount of amplification that is possible. That way you don't have the people cadets who are just hitting these giant notes and, yeah. and, and stuff for the, they're, they're all they're doing is they're focusing it at the box because that's where their their aim is and they're kind of just you know those anime like Dragon Ball Z where he blasts someone and the and like there's just kind of like code of destruction oh, fuck yeah that's what's happening that's my shit man these speakers right now they're aiming it at the box for peak effect and anyone in the way just fuck you you're gonna hear amplification that's all you're gonna get you're gonna miss all the rest of the show so fuck this for being voted down you're gonna get fisherman's wife exactly so. <laughs> did you uh, did you hear what that sound guy? He was talking to the same otter, uh, less than dry. I'm looking up what he called the uh, what he wants it to be. He says he doesn't want it to be amplification. He wants it to be sound reinforcement. Oh, Miley Cyrus <laughs> lip syncing. That's sound reinforcement. That's not what it is right now. It's reinforcement in the sense. That's that, not what it is at this point. It's reinforcement in the sense that like sticking a cucumber down the front of your pants before you go out to the club is reinforcement. Like. It's just, it's, there's no, it, we, we all know what it is. It doesn't look or sound natural. No, no one's fooled by it and everyone's disgusted with you. Well, he did cop to, he was like, it's not reinforcement right now. He pointed it's, out, it's it was taking like, over. we all yeah. knew that everything was a bit loud last year. And I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> so, I mean, at least he knows where he stands. Well, drums down under, like, it seems like yeah. <laughs> what that guy is talking about it's completely the opposite of what was proposed. So what was proposed was limitation. And he's like, no, 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 no. What we need is more, more amplification. Speakers all across the field. Get it behind the stands. Like all that shit. Like, God damn, come on. This In a few years, it's just going to be Pioneer on the field with a fucking air raid siren. Like, it's just reinforcement. Don't worry about it. That could feasibly work if... At every single show, including in fucking middle of fuck nowhere, Casper, Wyoming, where you're sucking down the little oxygen they have, they have like a preset speaker system. You know what I mean? For every single core just to plug into. But it wouldn't That's work at those. That That's never. It wouldn't happen. work at those middle of bumfuck you know, shows like in Cuna, Idaho, or or like That's, Carmel, Indiana, where, uh, where they don't have. Uh, Carmel has a nice. Okay, high school. Carmel probably does. Yeah. Okay, that's a bad example, but like. Like those fucking Northwest Baton shows Rouge, or yeah. yeah, like where they don't have that shit. Ankeny, Iowa, Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> Woo, we yeah. all got there. The real problem with this is, and why I'm disappointed that it was shot down is that we're getting to the point where amplification is leading to a negative viewer experience. I, I put it on my Twitter feed. Follow me at drums down under on Twitter. Um, where I, I, I put up a video. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to follow these social media rules where you promote yourself or some shit so I can be some jerk off at a convention at some time. Um, I don't give a shit. Don't follow anyway, me. Anyway, <laughs> like I, I, I have it on my – the point is I have it on my feed. I have a video from the cadets this last year where I demonstrated the, the BOA bass drop and how fucking unpleasant that is. Yes. Because the video was shot from someone like dead center on the 50 almost – uh, front and center and it's like I can't hear what the core's doing I can't hear what the pit's doing I can't hear what the brass is doing or the battery nothing all I can hear is in my face like mm -hmm. there clearly needs to be a limit yeah I watched that video it is it is an assault it is an assault on but your senses that's what they're saying is reinforcement no it's dominating it's ruining everything and we need to put a stop to it because it's again, it's a negative viewer experience. Drum corps is reliant on people putting their butts in the seats and paying for it. If people aren't having a good time because they're just being hounded by all these giant speakers and the crazy amount of volume they put out for single notes, then they're not going to come back next year. And we've lost, you know, we've lost money for the activity. I think so, it's fuck think this it's, for not passing. It's safe to say that our well, values are under attack right now. I said that's that's completely oh god. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Fair and balanced, Foxy. Um, 
No, I I actually exactly. kind of agree because you're another white Jolly male. Green here. The and and it's it's <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> what Jesus Christ! So comes down under you saying <laughs> they're not going to enjoy it, but I kind of think that as as we get older and as the the viewership at these live shows gets more and more like of these fucking high school bando kids, they eat that oh, shit up. So you know what? Maybe they have. It doesn't matter why. That is the thing. I mean, there there comes a point where the generation shift will occur, and I mean, it's natural. It happens to all of us, and you know, that probably has already happened for most of us. Usually, you know, about like four years after you after you march, things have changed. Like, go, you know, crown. 2012 back to crown 2008. I mean, they're almost unrecognizable from yeah, one another. That's a great oh, example. Yeah. So There's just, a point where like, I get that the young people, the younger audience will like different things, but from an audio uh, like environment, this is like, if you, if you set up your audio that way in, at a university where you're learning to be, uh, you know, a music technician, you'd get slammed for that. You can't oh, yeah. say like, yeah. Oh yeah, it is absolutely it up and loving it. It's bad audio design. Yep. Yep. So let's move on to the next one. Uh, these are the rules that actually made it to the the full core director vote. Uh, the wow. First- <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, the first one that passed uh, was moving the membership from one hundred and fifty to one hundred and fifty four. Uh, that passed. <laughs> that passed 21 to one but then another motion was uh put forth immediately after to increase the limit to 160 what Uh, i didn't realize that was possible where you could just be like 154 fuck it 160 what is this a fucking auction (laughs) exactly that's what i was that was voted down so it's 154 um and and again, if you want to hear our views on that, go back to the last episode. I think it's I think it's fine, but it's stupid. Uh, it's I think fine. our buddy Tarantula Jones put it best in that it seems immaterial. Yeah, exactly. All the moving parts of this activity already has, it seems immaterial. Yeah. Um, they just want three more backfield conductors is all. <laughs> I don't I don't fucking know what people want anymore, but that's that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh the proposal to expand finals from 12 to 15 was shot down 6 to 13. Thank fuck. Yeah. I want to know who those six were that wanted to expand it, because fuck you. I'll tell you who they were. Oh. They were the cores <laughs> that were in 13th, 14th, 15th. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Not the Mandarins. Uh, three Mandarins <laughs> voted it down. Not, thank, thank you, Mandarins, for having a semblance of honor. Hashtag Team Purple. Yeah, the chosen dragons. Hashtag. We don't actually know who voted what, but we'll pretend. <laughs> yes. Uh, three people abstained. Hashtag Benghazi. I don't know how you could not have an opinion on that, but three people decided not to fucking sack up and vote. That, that was, was probably a- like right before lunch. They wanted to hit the bar. Oh, yeah. Power yeah. lunch. Yeah. Dean Westman wanted to hit a strip club. He's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... Going down to the front desk and be like, uh, "Excuse me, ma'am, where do I find the uh, the best titties in town?" You got to do it in full Dean Westman voice. He shouted it at Fortissimo. Excuse me, ma'am. There you go. Where do I find the best titties in town? Just with a twenty dollar bill folded between his two fingers, it's like here. here. <laughs> Um, the the Jesus fuck. The rest of the rules proposal, the proposals were about judging, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, here's the weird part. Here's the weird part about about this this article I'm reading. At the end of the meeting, George fucking Hopkins. Oh, <laughs> <my God. laughs> 
I feel like I feel like you can't say his name anymore without making fucking his middle name. George fucking Hopkins. George Hopkins. Proposals. Fuck. Where the way that scores and placements are announced uh, during DCI World Championships and a delayed release for full scoring recaps until one week after a show. I, what? I see this throw. He's throwing proposals against the wall just to see what's going to fucking stick. What the hell? Is I'm, he doing? I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just asking questions here. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> like he has to be doing. Like he's got to be like leaning into it at this point. Like he's got to be sitting in his masturbatorium thinking to himself. What is the craziest shit? What is the most Hopkinsy shit I can throw at the wall during the next meeting that isn't going to help anyone? It's not even going to help me, but it's going to be real fucking weird and irritate people and make everything take longer than it needs to take. I think I said it before on a podcast that he's like the Howard Hughes of drum corps. Like he's in a mansion somewhere with jars of his own piss, just (laughs) scuttling about. Howard Hughes. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was definitely one of the last two of podcasts. Very yeah. red Italian man. No, maybe not even Italian. <laughs> hey ho, ho, hey ho! Oops, <laughs> Italiano. I yeah, I I don't know exactly what these proposals were, uh, or uh, that first one. The second one is obviously would you say they were the decent proposals. But I would say that I would <laughs> I would say anything that George fucking Hawkins does is an indecent proposal. <laughs> That one deserved the horns. You can't argue with that one. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Okay. That's fair. So uh, have we yeah. covered? Have we covered everything from the uh, the rules recap? I'd I'd say we got it all. Awesome. Let's go grab a beer break. Beer break. All right, so uh, we're back from our beer break. That turned into more of a beer run. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive into the lot hype bracket challenge recap. Who won? Who won? Well, this was contentious. They actually. Uh, it came down to the wire. Um, we uh, the votes were coming in up until like the last couple of seconds, and just barely. But I think it was the final was like by one vote when the time actually expired. Carolina Crown twenty fifteen beat out Phantom Regiment two thousand eight. Yeah, can, we, can we fucking talk about this for a fucking second? KG's pretty happy. I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> there is nothing but joy about this situation. No one gives a shit who Spartacus was in the first place. Shut the fuck up. Sit down and try something different for once, you fucking idiots. We didn't take our shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Well, slam it now. So here's to that. (laughs) Okay, here it comes. I was like, just like in real life, Spartacus lost. Oh. Well, here's the thing. I'm happy Spartacus lost because I don't think that deserves it. I am not happy that Carolina Crown 2015 yeah. won. Like, at all. Yeah, that was a show that didn't need to be in most, like, it didn't need to be in most of the matchups, yes. let alone the final No, matchup. I completely agree. It didn't even win in 2015. Yeah. No. By a pretty yeah. fair margin, I think. Like, it got his shit pushed in. Well, so I'm just wondering, like, how the fuck did it make it that far? It, well, you say, you say that you... Yeah, it's, you say that it didn't do that well in real life, but it was in first place on quarterfinals and semifinals night. And I don't know. It just to sure. me, I I guess to me that show just <laughs> okay. wasn't the most memorable thing. Like, uh, uh, it was a stagecoach show, right? No, it wasn't. That's the thing. No, it was the one with the oh. uh, the the Inferno and with the uh, the big. Uh, the big with, placenta, with, yeah. <laughs> and then like I think one of Paltrow came out and ate it, like as per her. Thing. Oh, Apparently, that's a thing. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> now, what, what I will can say we record about, that one next when I'm getting drunk? Yes, <laughs> seriously. What I will say about Crown 2015 is that it is a solid show. It was very cleanly um, performed and executed and designed. But what it isn't for me is super memorable. It didn't bring anything new to it. I didn't feel any connection to it necessarily. Like, I need to see this years after it's been performed. This is amazing. This has changed my perspective. It, I don't know. 
The best of all time? No. The best of a bracket <clears throat> challenge? Sure. Yeah, I think the bracket challenge introduced a lot of matchups that sort of were just odd, and I think part of it has to do with just getting through whoever your opponent was. Um, and, you know, some of the shows got there for that merit, but I will say Crown 15 did not have an easy path. Uh, went up against Cadets 2005 to start with, which I, I was going to win that. Then Cadets 2011, which I think that was my preferred show of the two. Then Cavaliers 06, which was really surprising because that's a pretty strong Cavaliers show. And then it beat Bluecoats 2014. It's a really strong yeah. Cavaliers show. It, then it beat Bluecoats 2014 somehow. Like, I kind of at a loss for some of this stuff because I yeah I don't quite know where the fan support I think it was in most of those it was basically just the early matches at least it was like oh it's crown we're gonna vote for it regardless um I think the yeah. the, the core yeah yeah I don't even think a lot of the early matchups that mattered what yeah, show it was it was just like- oh I like this core more uh, like over at this most, they watched a drum break and then called it. I think for some of these shows, <coughs> I agree yeah. with that. Damn you, Bandos! I mean, my biggest contention was yeah. how did like uh, Blue Coats 2010 yep. get defeated in the first fucking round it was in? That's in the uh, round 19 matchup. Yeah, Frameworks didn't win a single matchup. Frameworks was done from the beginning. Wow. Frame- I will say this as someone who was there in person in 2002. Um, like, holy shit, Frameworks upended the activity. Like, no one could fucking touch that. It was, it was amazing. It was so geometric. I remember watching it as, uh, as an 18 year old kid going, holy and- shit, how did they come up with this? Um, and then to see it kind of not go anywhere, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I think that it speaks, it speaks a lot to the recency bias because as we've, as I've often pointed out, and the rest of us have pointed out, a lot of the older shows that people revere, like Star 93 is usually the sticking point for that, because a lot of people are really in love with that show, and for whatever reason, I just can't get into it. And a lot of people, the justification for being there was, you have to understand what it meant in the context of everything around it, what a departure that was, how much the activity changed, you know, what a... Uh, what a break from everything that that show represented. And I think Cavaliers 2002 has some of that because it was such an insane drill design and approach to music that hadn't been done or attempted or perfected that well. Um, So I think there's some bias with, you know, they, people see it now and it's, you know, you stack it up against the show from 10 years after it and it, it holds up well, but there's just not as much going on in the field. And, Someone, again, as someone who saw it in person, one thing that I think is underappreciated, you can't get from a video of it, is that Frameworks ended on a mezzo forte. It wasn't a huge, like, triple fortissimo, oh my god, ending. It wasn't a quiet kind of vanguard ending like they, they like to do every now and again. It was just a perfectly balanced brass chord at mezzo forte, exactly where it needs to be. And it... <laughs> And it was it was augmented by the visuals. They were heavily um, integrated yeah. with the the color guard and the drill. And I, I think yep. that, but on a video, it kind of looks a little boring compared to the the modern, you know, the last couple seasons running around and crazy volumes and all sorts of shit going on and licks everywhere. It's like appreciate the fact that in person, this show was just solid. It, you you couldn't touch it that year, so I'm a little disappointed that didn't yeah. get more love. It also helps that they were playing Mezzo Forte at Camp Randall Field, which is the most perfect drum corps stadium ever built, and it holds sound just beautifully. Oh, so <sighs> so beautiful. I'm sorry that that moment of old person nostalgia is. If you haven't seen a show there, it's kind of hard to describe, but it, it is just. There's no better place on earth to play a show acoustically. There's, I think I've heard similar people have said who actually marched more at mile high have said that it's better at mile high. I don't know. I still prefer camp Randall. I like mile high. There are a lot of shows I was surprised that didn't make the cut. And, um, I don't know. That's probably the recency bias, but shows for me, like 
you don't have to be first or second or third in my book to be a memorable or groundbreaking show. Um, I mean, look at look at how Tilt, for example, a third place show, has completely upended the activity um, since it was performed. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for me. Like, well, we're going to get to the shows we we're going to get to the shows we we want to put in yeah. there. Um, but I think we should take a look at the bronze medal match as oh, well. Yeah, who did that? This one was interesting. Who took third place? That would be the Blue Coats, 2014. That was Tilt. Ooh. Um, and that that would really. Well, <laughs> there were some old farts in that yeah. comment section when I was watching it go yeah, down. Basically, now I'm not surprised that Tilt was so far up because of all the fucking bandos that that were voting. Um, what was surprising to me was that Santa Clara Vanguard 1989 made it so far. Just knowing, just knowing who was voting in this and who was following it, along, it was actually kind of it was surprising. Yeah, that it was, uh, Phantom of the Opera made it this far. It was yeah. like it, it, it warmed the cockles of my heart. And I think that was sort. That's usually like the show that gets trotted out by an older generation to as like the contender to newer shows is that that's usually what people point at as this was how it was done in the old days or 91 star, which also didn't do too, too bad. Mm-hmm. Made it a couple rounds, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that all of a sudden it's very difficult to watch the older shows again um, yeah. with the death of fan network. And oh, yeah. You're not wrong about that. I like, think there's just no way to access them. I think it's really sort of changed the shows that people are able to appreciate. And it's become a much more recent thing was that you can't watch these shows ad nauseum because at best you get it on a, a, like a shady Google drive that somebody puts up on the subreddit or, uh, you know, it's up on YouTube for three weeks before it gets taken down. Yeah. So these older programs, you know, that you used to be able to just pull up on fan network on a whim, all of a sudden your ability to watch these is totally gone. You can't experience them and they're fading out of consciousness because of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I can understand why some of these older shows don't get the love nowadays. Uh, it's not just because they're old. Cause they don't have bass drops. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to hear over the, the company front in, in Phantom of the Opera was a giant bass drop. No, but I, Viewing it, oh, I, tr- I try to view it through a couple different lenses. Every time I watch a show, like as a performer or as a viewer or as a judge or as someone who's mostly interested in one section or another, you know, you can you can watch a show multiple times, get different things out of it. When I watch the show from a performer's perspective, uh, that's that's Santa Clara Vanguard '89. What I see is technique like marching technique that i would be gigged for on the field like oh yeah dare bend your knee that much no and that's just uh you know just the a fact of the times like marching technique has changed so i can understand someone uh who's only marched in the last five years would look at it and be like well that's you know that wouldn't survive now that's that's wrong or or from a design standpoint starve indiana 91 if you look in the backfield this is a very common thing in the late 80s to early 90s. The color guard would set down their flags or equipment, and then they'd have one guard member or two go around and like pick it up and then put it in the backfield. They wouldn't write into their show like going to the sideline, picking it up. Nowadays, that's a huge like negative. You wouldn't take two members out of the show to pick up equipment. I mean, it's a huge mar on the drill, right? So I can understand that they don't age well to – to the more modern kind of sensibility. But um, I also think if you only view it through that lens, you're missing out on the brilliance of the program. You're missing out on the emotional impact on the innovation in the drill and how, how interesting it was, or um, like uh, star of Indiana, especially like new, new visual designs or trying music that no one had tried before. I think that kind of gets missed. Um, when most people kind of compare these shows to what they've done as a performer, I think we need to we need to encourage them to step back and look at the whole program uh, in its own context at the time. And maybe it would go a little bit further. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, no. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine like in the '90s, 
uh, a drum corps saying that basically their entire marching technique is either running randomly around the field with no technique discernible at all. Well, that's what it fucking looked like standing back then. still. <laughs> it looked like they're all just kind of meandering about. Yeah, dude, some of, some of the stuff in the 70s where they Scramble were doing, bands. like, follow the leader drill, where, like, rather than, like, march facing the front, they would, like, they're going to march a curve, so they're going to face into the curve. Like, holy shit, man. Yeah, I'm sorry if you're listening and you're from the 70s, which I'm sure is none of our audience, but your drill and your movement was a fucking joke. <laughs> I know that you had to mark high mark time for a long time, and it was really hard, and your legs got real strong, but it looked like fuck garbage. Yeah. It's, it, it, did it, you know that it's garbage? Like, did you know that it was yeah. bad and that you were bad, too? Like, <laughs> like it was... You weren't good at marching. <laughs> you were good at making yourself <laughs> tired and then not, like... Marching like you you weren't good at it. Sorry, I'm great Jesus. at sex because I can masturbate for three hours and not feel a fucking thing. It's exactly what they're fucking saying. That that's that's essentially what's happening. They are just yeah. out there on the field, Jurgens in hand, couple of crusted socks that belong to their roommate. Wait, what? Where are we? And they're screeching back in my day. No, I I have a torn. I have a what to- the fuck. <laughs> No. God damn it. I don't even have tube socks. It's good, though. It fits a little better. I don't have to scrunch it at the base. Drums on rocks. You wouldn't need it. Oh, tube sock. Let's be honest. <laughs> hey Maybe like a baby sock. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. It presented itself and I took it. <laughs> like a, That's oh. what she said? All right. So, uh... See, I think we already covered disappointing matchups. Uh, we covered the bronze medal. We covered uh, uh, who actually won. We shit on Phantom 08. Do we want to take one more stab at Phantom 08 before we move on? Um, no, but I want to take one more stab at disappointing matchups. That show sure. was a I am uh, really fucking disappointed at uh, it's matchup 16, Blue Coast 2015 uh, versus Phantom Regiment 1989. Like, New World Symphony... First of all, New World Symphony should have won that year because Phantom of the Opera was great and all, but uh, if you have to do it twice, you shouldn't have done it once. Um, so New World Symphony should have won that year. That's a fantastic show. And the fact that Blue Coats 2015 won that, I, I, I'm just, I'm not about it. And, and I know why. It's because of the audience and, and all that stuff. But I really, really, really hope that uh, the people who listen to our podcast and the people who are on Lot Hype actually get a chance to go listen and watch New World Symphony, Phantom Regiment 1989. Like, that's the most fucking disappointing one to me because that was one of the shows that got me into drum corps. So I was, I was about that life. And then it lost pretty much immediately so that Blue Coats 2015 could go on to the next matchup against Blue Coats 2016. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, God. God no, no, no. That's why I think don't make me do another Blue Coats versus Blue Coats or anything Blue Coats for a while. Clearly, I'm not the person to ask about Blue Coats. Yeah. Um, I was super people- surprised to see that, that uh, the Purple Pants Band wasn't in there at all anywhere. That Yeah. That's that show was incredible. Uh, yeah. E equals MC squared was out fucking standing. And I figured that would have been one of those shows that Bando's really latched onto as well. Um, and I think had it been in there, cause it wasn't, it doesn't look like it was in even the first round of anything. It was not. Um, but that was a really, really good no. show too. Uh, like I said, I was disappointed in Coates 20, 2010 losing to Santa Clara that just went on to the next round to lose to star. And that yeah, was, I'm, I'm, don't remember how Lot Hype determined which uh, shows were going to be in the first round, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like I missed a few things. I think where part of it is also I. Yeah. Where did Vanguard huh? two thousand nine? I don't even see them. They no, Vanguard they were on there. They, they they went out in the first round. I think they. <sighs> it's just not that was yeah. a bad matchup, I guess, but. Yeah, they fizzled out against Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, and that's the other thing. It's not like certain shows match up better than others, so it doesn't always give us like the best idea of who is the best of all time just because it's like certain shows that could be in that conversation get knocked out by, you know, 
pretty powerful shows doesn't necessarily make them bad. It's just that they had the misfortune of drawing against somebody. However, I will say fan of 2007. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, let's bring in the, uh, the college football, uh, Parallel analysis. Which core had the best strength of schedule? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Phantom Regiment 2008. It's the only way that garbage would have made it that far. Well, okay. Let's what? examine that. Uh, Phantom 08. <laughs> Phantom 08. Cavaliers 08 in the first round. Not exactly the most memorable Cavaliers show of the past 10 years. I think it gets mentioned, but people are much bigger on other stuff. Then it beat the Academy 2016, which was always going to happen because that show had right. some like, oh, it's cute, but didn't have the staying power. Then Cavaliers 2010, which that's that's oh, a victory. Yeah. You know, they, they, they mix it up in that Midwestern Big Ten B1G conference. Undefeated bowl record because <laughs> Michigan sucks ass. We got any Michigan fans listening? You're <laughs> fucking terrible. You're barely a person. Um, then Phantom uh, went up against Vanguard 89 and took it down. So that's a decent strength schedule. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, God, no one really – I don't know. I feel like Crown 2015 did have some easier stuff. Mm. Um, Blue Coats 2014 got it done real early. Because uh, they beat Phantom 03 and then Star 91. That's – it was it was surprising to see <laughs> oh. a Blue Coat show beat yeah. Phantom 03. That's Come like on. that – it's definitely the meme where it's the sweating dude and there's two buttons because they're both heavily bando shows. Like they're <laughs> the ones that are like, oh, my God, my awakening. <laughs> true. People, it just sends people through puberty when they talk about those shows. That's some garbage. Um, right. Yeah. That's all I got from. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's grab one last drink. and We'll dive into uh, our final topic of the night. Uh, our one show that didn't make it into the lot hype bracket challenge that we wish did. Okay. Who we got. All right. Well. While you guys are pouring, I'll lead into this one. Uh, my, f- I, I'll just, be, I'll, I'll be biased. I'll say my favorite show, my favorite drum corps show. Uh, that, let me start over. Sorry, I'm, I've had a few. <sighs> Two. So, <laughs> I'll have another shot for you. Don't worry. Oh, thanks, buddy. I'm glad you got my. Pen. Me too. Oh my god. You, you're you're too ghost pepper stuff. <laughs> so my show that I was disappointed oh, because it be didn't fair. make it in the lot high bracket challenge is my personal favorite show. And that is 2008 Carolina crown yeah. Fanny. Mm-hmm. For me, that was, that show was, uh, mm. for me, that was Carolina crown at its biggest, like, all right, we're going to really lean into being the brass MFers. Here is the wall of sound. Oh. It's like if somebody just pushed every single key down on a pipe organ it like you felt a percussive hit of sound. It was so cool. And it was, I thought it was really well done. Like the musicality out of it was fantastic. So kind of bummed that one didn't make it in. Uh, also uh, kind of disappointed that E equals MC squared made it in and the state didn't make it in. And the stagecoach show did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you love me, John? And yeah, they were only I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take this one out and do some weird shit and just say numbers. Assholes. <laughs> that was an amazing show. I was like, Crown 2008 is when you realize yeah. they were going to be somebody. Yeah. Because they were kind of sitting in the middle of the pack. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, shit. Like, I remember when that season's uh, CDs came out. Oh, sorry, young mm-hmm. people. Once upon a time, uh, audio <laughs> was recorded onto little plastic discs. And we had to wait for them to come in the mail so we could listen to it. Um, but, uh, but that was listening to the audio of that season. I was like, holy fucking shit. This is probably yeah. one of the best horn lines I've ever heard. And that's when you knew they were going to be somebody. So, yeah, I Definitely. agree. Crown 08 deserved a spot there somewhere. Well, uh, yeah, I remember marching 2008 and our brass caption head was like, hey, if you haven't heard Crown – and their version of Claire de Lune, go fucking oh, yes. hear it. 
All right, who's the yeah. version of uh, Nimrod is outstanding too. Oh, indeed. All right, who's up next? I already kind of got oh, mine yeah, out yeah. there, so. What was what? Remind. I miss. I, I really wanted to see E equals MC oh, squared, yeah. and well, I'll still be contentious about uh, fucking Coates twenty ten doing so poorly. Yeah. I'll I'll take next, and I will say I will put the one primary oh, yeah. show that actually got me into drum corps, which was Madison Scouts nineteen ninety five. Yeah, that's crazy. A drum corps fan's dream. I don't give a fuck. Who you are, that show is that show should be on every every single top list of drum corps shows. That I I I don't fourth. know how it isn't. They got fourth. Probably because yep. of their placement that year. I don't even wow. know what fucking place they got in nineteen ninety five. Fourth? They got fucking robbed. Uh, but that is that, by far like the most difficult trumpet book I've ever heard. Like that show, it is sounds I, maybe it's just the way they were playing, but it sounds like half the fucking sops are playing lead, and it's not like just a little bit above the staff lead. It's like no, nah, no, it's like Bill Chase and Maynard yeah. Ferguson played Ookie Cookie, and then force fed it to uh, Gordon Goodwin, and what came out was that show. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> now you're thinking I about dreams that go like that. Wow. Now you're thinking about Bill Chase just all sweaty, covered in chains and chest hair, like, oh yeah. Uh. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> no, Madison Scouts nineteen ninety five should be on every top drum corps show list of all time, and the fact that it's not on so Man, I don't think I've ever seen it on the countdown. I don't think I've ever like any count. It was on the second classic countdown. Was it? <laughs> they, the, the, I'm talking like this is like 2005, 2006 when they did it. Yeah, it was. It didn't make the first twelve, and it was on because Madison '75 made the first year. Then it was Madison '95. The next year they did it. I'm, I'm just saying. Anytime it's not on any top drum corps shows list, it is a fucking travesty to me. Uh, yep. It will. I it, will it will always be my favorite show, uh, and I didn't even mention it on the over or underrated shows because I don't think it's over or underrated. Uh, but goddamn, like it is forgotten. Yeah, that's for sure. That's all. That's all right, what do you got? Drums down under. What do you got for us? Um, I've thought about this a lot, and the one show that sticks out for me that should have been in is. Santa Clara Vanguard 2000. Now I know why it's not in. Oh yeah, because it got fourth place. Krista, yeah, somebody kill Krista. Let's let's, whoever that bitch is. (laughs) Fuck you and everything you stand for. Yeah, someone kill Krista and her fucking fan section. But that was that was a show for me that like, um, kind of exemplified like what drum corps could do. They they um, if you haven't seen it like. Google it, find it on iTunes, whatever. Their their ballad was called was uh, an arrangement of Samuel Barber's Adagio for Strings, and this was this is also the first year that a horn line could play on B flat horns, but they still were on G's. And if you like, literally myself and people around me in the stands at finals just in tears at their version of Adagio for Strings, and if you can do that out of a G fucking bugle. You're, you're yeah. a car bumper with a fucking mouthpiece welded to it. That's like, what G bugles are. They're God awful. And <laughs> they, they nailed it. Like you'll, you'll never be able to understand Like, especially in today, like I have that recording and it is fucking phenomenal. I mean, I, I understand like it was that season was always between Cavaliers and cadets and Vanguard was just hanging in there. Uh, to try to get the top three, but it was so intricate. It was very, um, it was a very well thought out show. It was very intelligent, but that emotional draw, good fucking God. And then it ended on the, um, I'm going to forget the name of it now. Fuck, who wrote it? It was the um, stained glass was the name of the piece. And just this quiet, perfectly balanced chord to the backfield. And, and it just it slowly diminished one player at a time in the pit. Like just brilliant concept top to bottom. But at the time everyone's like, oh, it's too fucking weird. Why does Vanguard do weird shows? 
I'm like, no, this is brilliant. So I, I wish that one would have been in. Um, another one real quick that I think deserved at least an honorable mention was the show that placed right after them, uh, Boston Crusaders 2000, Red. Oh, oh yeah, Red. Um, that was a good one. Good God. Most people don't know. Like the history as well behind that. Boston Crusaders is a very old core, but they had never made finals until 1999. And then 2000 was their second year in finals, and they made fifth place. Like it was a huge deal. They finally, after decades of slugging it out and nearly going inactive, they made it, and they've been there ever since. But uh, their versions of Bolero, like the fans, it was just electric in the stadium that night. Everyone just lost their fucking shit. And there's still stuff on those recordings. I don't know. There's some some sort of like music effects they did to their horns with pressing their valves. I'm not sure how the quite exactly how they did it, but it was absolutely amazing. And like like the fans were on their feet a full minute before the show was over. And so um, I wish that had gotten some kind of love. Yep. Like those those are those are kind of my. All right. I spilled my beer. No, no. <laughs> yeah, according to this bracket, the only thing I can really, I can really yeah. see is that uh, people who voted think <laughs> that '90s drum corps yeah. was bad because <laughs> there's none of it. There's more '80s drum corps. There is '90s drum corps because the only two '90s things we have are yeah, both Star of Indiana. So. Star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was also somebody voted yeah, for that's the all, that's it. The '92 Crossman as well. Well, I guess Cavaliers '95, right? But. That brings me neatly <laughs> to my vote, um, and I will say it was a travesty that the '92 Velvet Knights were not included in this list. Yes, because it's a yeah. I, it kind of makes the whole thing a fucking sham. Yeah, it? it really. It's it's yeah. Because to me, everybody's like, "What good is anything?" Yeah, that does not involve that show. It's people that I under. I know what the knocks are are going to be for it. It wasn't difficult enough. The drill wasn't clean. There were some blips and tears and what, uh, all sorts of shit. Um, Oh, Oh, you mean to tell me that it was exactly like Phantom Regiment 2008? Is that what you're telling me right now? I think it is. The same shit is happening, but at least one was funny and enjoyable to watch. Testify. I think we just killed KG's yeah, life. Testify, KG. Yep, that's, <laughs> I, that's the thing. Like, K- KG, it yeah. was a brilliantly, brilliantly scripted show. Like they start singing part of the uh, this old Delta uh, Airlines commercial. They come out of it into Magical Mystery Tour. It's like <laughs> the most insane thing in the world. <laughs> At least they had the balls to lean into their gimmick. That's the thing. Phantom Regiment still hasn't figured it the fuck out. They won't lean into anything. You can't lean into Chopin. You fucking kidding me? Like, when they did that show, they went, like, (laughs) fully gonzo. They're like, we know that this isn't the most serious show in the world, and it's a lot of random shit just sort of stuck together, but we are going to absolutely commit to it. And so that's how you wind up with a show ending with a fucking shark eating a fat lady and the audience, according to legend, Mm. cheering so loud, the (laughs) audience, mind you, cheering so loud, they blew out audio mics. Like, that's the legend that they, the crowd went so apeshit at the moment where they unveiled the the shark and then when it chopped down, they go even nuttier. Like, you can barely even hear what the core is playing at that point. It's just, they play play like that, da-da-da. and then you hear like a little count off in the snares and then the shark comes out and then it's just pandemonium. Like it's the greatest thing in the world. And I'm that even if it's not serious, even if it's not groundbreaking, even if it's not the most innovative thing in the world. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You mean to tell me that things that aren't completely serious all the time can be good? That's the craziest shit I've ever heard from a community of band nerds who take their job way too fucking seriously. Yeah, and there's other... That's really what we're dealing with. There's other shows that follow in that same mold, like uh, 
Crossman 2006 changing lanes. They had this whole movement that was basically just like supposed to be fiddling a knob on a radio. So they just played a bunch of random shit. And it was amazing. I fucking love right. that show. And then the Bridge Mania, the Jersey Surf show from 2012 that I, I said oh, really? would be Brilliant. my winner if, if, if it's ended in a tie. Because I'm like, okay, it's not performed perfectly. So fucking what? You're, that was a 20-something place show. And that crowd at Allentown, because I saw it live in Allentown, went absolutely fucking nuts for it. Those old motherfuckers, the most crotchety people on the planet, were just going nuts for some, it. And they're playing fucking they play party some rock. motherfucker on Twitter had the balls to be like, no, dog. And boy, would I have loved to interact <laughs> and make that person feel embarrassed. But I can't tweet. Oh, yeah. KG got banned again. He may be back by the time this goes out, but as of right now, he has been banned. Yeah, I think I have <laughs> again twenty four hours till I'm out of the cage. So <laughs> it's okay. I've got a backup account ready as to go, of- like in the tank. So I just have to change username, <laughs> and then you're He's probably got- going to go right back uh, into it. it. Sounds to me what like are you going to do this time? KG got that shit in the tank. <laughs> I think. Oh, I He's got burner accounts. You rehearsed with me a week ago. You know, I got it in the tank. Oh, yeah, I got to talk to you about that, too. <laughs> no, nothing bad. I got to well, figure that out. <laughs> I think that's a that's a good podcast. That's a perfect place to come to an end. Um, thanks so much. We'll see you next we month. Really, oh, before we go, we got to do our last shot. Oh, God. Oh, oh God, God. Here I am. Oh, 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 oh it, I didn't know I had to drink at the John Corp podcast. Eh, eh. I'm just trying to get some time to pour a shot, motherfucker. I'm sucking the alcohol out of line. I'm sorry. That motherfucker lives in Australia and he's (laughs) drinking. You know what they do down there? They eat fucking, like, yeast in a paste. That's where they're at. (laughs) It's true. And it's fucking delicious. It looks like a pressed rue turd in a can. I don't care. I love it. That's Vegemite, folks. That's what Vegemite is. Well, I can't do another shot of the ghost pepper tequila or else Salvador sisters will kill me. just don't know what's going fucking on. Oh, hey, guys. All right. Oh, Oh, Drox is back. All right. So let me me back up, not end this. I knew something was wrong. Thanks for correcting me. So sounded really sarcastic. Pleasantly. Uh, Let's let's do one last shot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you too. Let's hoist him up high and have our last. Cheers, everybody. Uh, uh, it's spicy. <laughs> it's spicy. Are you kidding me? This is the Trump Poor International Podcast. Go listen, listen to our other shit. Signing off. Thank you so much for putting up with us for yet another month. We'll see you next month. Good night.